Welcome back to the Squirt Sports Podcast. I'm known as this podcast playing Frank. We're now episode 97. So we're 97 episodes through, and I got action-packed episode playing for you. NBA just started off to a roll. World Series is set. Phillies versus Astros. Great week in college football in the NFL. So much more. So let's dive into this awesome episode 97. Let's get into it. Let's start episode 97. How you always do with the headlines in the NBA. What an action-packed first week in the NBA we had. First thing I want to bring up right here was opening night, Lakers versus Warriors. The Lakers got killed. The next game, the Lakers lost to the Clippers. Then they lose to the Blazers. This team is not playing well right now. Russell Westbrook, all the concerns we had last season, this season, they're all showing up right now. I really don't know what can fix this Lakers team. They can't shoot the three ball. It's not that they're just shooting terribly. They don't have good shooters on the team. LeBron James is not a three-point specialist. Anthony Davis is no three-point master. Russell Westbrook obviously can't shoot. You don't have those guys like a Buddy Heald. It's just tough right here. Toughest part for the Lakers right now is that their point guard can't shoot. And they're not letting their point guard play point guard. Russell Westbrook is their point guard right now. But not letting him do Russ. It's not Russ's team. It's LeBron's team. Anthony Davis' team. It's other players of the team, not just Russ. And we know this problem with Russ in the past. He can't shoot. Oh, it has to be his team. He has to have the ball in his hands. Well, LeBron James has to have the ball in his hands. That's a must. He's the greatest player of all time, arguably. He has to have the ball in his hands. And right now, he's on a terrible team, in my opinion. This Lakers team, do I see 40 wins out of this squad? I really don't. I don't see this squad making the playoffs, maybe the play-in, but not the playoffs right at the gate. I don't think this team ends up being a top five seed, anything like that. It's going to be interesting to see. Hey, maybe they end up a number one pick and they take Victor Wimanyama. Wouldn't that be something? Not saying that's going to happen. Not thinking that's going to happen. But this Lakers team is struggling right now. I'm interested to see how it goes. Lakers struggling right now. My New York Knicks playing pretty well right now, though. 2-1 in the season. Playing pretty well. Lost to the Grizzlies, which was pretty tough, I'd say. Going to overtime, but Julius Randle played well. Cam Reddish had a buzzer beater to go to overtime. Good game by New York Knicks, in my eyes. But, yeah, New York Knicks. Shown better than they did last year. Then go up against the Pistons, destroy the Pistons, go up against the Magic, destroy the Magic. A little bit like last season. Knicks last season started with an overtime victory against the Celtics. Then they got a win over the Sixers. Then they lost the Magic. They said they won against the Magic in their third game of the season. So New York Knicks playing pretty well start the season. Another team playing pretty well start out the season, the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz right now, they're a young team. They're not going to burn out so easily like these older teams like the Lakers are. But when it comes down later in the season... When teams start figuring them out, when teams start getting their groove going, that's when I think the Utah Jazz start to struggle. Utah Jazz still trying out the season in an interesting way, Miles. The Brooklyn Nets are play. Frustration is boiling in Brooklyn right now. Ben Simmons has fouled out in most of his NBA games with the Brooklyn Nets. He has not had a warm welcome back to the NBA. Kyrie Irving isn't showing up like we thought he would. Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, but he can't do it all. They got blown out by Zion Williamson in night one. They haven't been playing well. They lost to the Grizzlies. John Morant said, oh yeah, I remember this play from my rookie year. And I used that play against Ben Simmons to make him foul out. Steve Nash has got to get things going. Memphis Grizzlies, though, congratulations. You've been playing great. Zion Williamson and New Orleans Pelicans. I know Zion and Brandon Ingram are hurt right now at the time of this recording. They've been playing well so far. An awesome win against the Brooklyn Nets on night one. How far? Zing Zion Williamson, the uh, North Pelicans can go this season. Leave your answer in the comments section. Let's merge to the NFL. We're in action-packed week. I want to start out this week in the NFL talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts, with Matt Ryan, have not been so good this season. And there was a report that Matt Ryan's arm is it's shot. He can't do anything with it. I think we all see on the field. None of that has to be reported out there. But Matt Ryan is getting munched for Sam Ellinger. He probably wouldn't have played this week anyways because he's hurt. 
They said, even if Matt Ryan comes back in two weeks, this is Sam Ellinger's squad from now on. It's Sam Ellinger's squad. Let's see what he can do. Sam Ellinger doesn't have the frame of an NFL quarterback. He's pretty short. I think he's about six foot. Not the biggest guy, anything like that. But he can spin the ball. He can run it if you need him to. He can control the game well enough. Like you're saying with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones right now, New England Patriots. Bailey Zappi is just controlling the game better than Mac Jones is right now. We're going to talk about that later. But yeah, Colts benching Matt Ryan in favor of Sam Ellinger. I already talked about the Patriots right there. Wild Monday Night Football. We saw Mac Jones were terrible. We saw Bailey Zappi come in, play pretty well, but then struggle. So we're going to talk about that later, what the Patriots should do at the quarterback spot. Another team, not the quarterback controversy, but with the quarterback not playing so great, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They really couldn't get things going until then. And then the game, you know, they got a quick touchdown to Aaron Jones, got the ball back, going for a Hail Mary attempt, couldn't get it, but interesting stuff right there from Green Bay Packers, in my opinion. This team is struggling right now. This team has losses to the Giants, a blowout loss to the Jets, now a loss to Taylor Heineke in his first start of the season. Washington Commanders, not a good team. Two of the worst teams in the NFL. What against two of the best teams in the NFL from last year? Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best teams in the NFL last year. And they just lost to the Carolina Panthers. With no Christian McCaffrey. With no Baker Mayfield. With an interim head coach. With an XFL quarterback. They lost them 21-3. And the Green Bay Packers lost to Taylor Heineke, another XFL quarterback. So... Pretty cool to see these XFL guys showing out right here. XFL is going to come back in the spring. Let's see what they can do. Maybe they can get another good quarterback in XFL, transition over to the NFL. But wild stuff right there, my eyes. Tough stuff from the Green Bay Packers and the Bay Buccaneers. Let's move to another squad. Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm struggling right now, my eyes. Was Kenny Pickett the right choice? Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, might just start a trend in college football. Kenny Pickett might just be that guy who had a good one year in college football and then does nothing in the NFL. We've seen him before, but now we might see with Kenny Pickett. Five years ago, a guy like Kenny Pickett does not get drafted. Ten years ago, a guy like Baker Mayfield probably doesn't get drafted in the first round. But the new over at NFL, we want more of an athlete at quarterback. Baker Mayfield is an athlete. Kenny Pickett's an athlete. But these guys, they don't have the biggest frame out of everybody. Kenny Pickett doesn't have the biggest frame. Baker Mayfield doesn't have the biggest frame. They're athletes, so that's why they got picked high. Kenny Pickett might just turn out to be a terrible decision for the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion. Now I know what they can do. We're going to talk about Mike Tomlin later in the episode. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers later on in the episode. But tough stuff right there from Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's move to an exciting topic in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, like I said in episode 96, I said, the San Francisco 49ers need to make a splash. I said that splash is trading for Christian McCaffrey and trying to get Lamar Jackson offseason. Well, one of those things is done right now, and the other one can very easily be completed in the offseason in my eyes. If the Ravens don't come to a deal with Lamar Jackson, there's no guarantee he's going to get franchise tag. Even if he does, a trade might still happen for Lamar Jackson. Interesting stuff right there. He still didn't play very well in his opener with the San Francisco 49ers, but let's see how Christian McCaffrey can do. It's against the Chiefs, a really, really good team. Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty terrible in that one. We're just going to have to wait and see, but San Francisco 49ers, in their rematch from Super Bowl 53, they lost it to Kansas City Chiefs from the rematch. Joe Burrow, I know we all like to write him off, the beginning of the season, even I did a little bit, but I still kept him on my fantasy football team. I still started him every single week. He had a rough week one. He had a rough week two. He showed out in week three against the Jets, a rough week four against the Ravens, pretty good week five. And then week six, what a game that was. What a game. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons, he, play, he plays great. Joe Burrow's a baller right now, everybody. He got me 50 fantasy points. Joe Burrow, you're amazing. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that just steamrolled the San Francisco 49ers, a team that 
has been playing pretty well all season long. The defense played well. The running game was good. Joe Burrow was amazing, and they got Jamar Chase involved. They got the playmakers involved. It was a great coach game by Zach Taylor, maybe one of the best of his career. I love to see that Joe Burrow, looking like how he was last season, looking like LSU Joe Burrow. Played pretty well in that one, in my opinion. Joe Burrow played well against the Atlanta Falcons. The Buccaneers, I already talked about them. Let's go a little bit more in depth right here. Tom Brady, what are you doing? This team has problems. He had a huge pass to Mike Evans, and he dropped it. You got to catch that, Mike Evans. That's a different game if you catch that touchdown. Maybe even end up winning that game because momentum shift. You can't run the ball well. Tom Brady doesn't bring that athletic factor. We all know that. The biggest thing Tom Brady brings to the game is how he manages the game. And he did not manage the game well at all against Carolina on Sunday. Interesting stuff right there. Buccaneers, frustration going in. Giants and Jets, though. My New York teams, really New York Giants are my team in the NFL. Both still root for the Jets every now and then, unless it's against the Giants. Giants, Daniel Jones moved to 6-1. Saquon Barkley's running the ball great. Daniel Jones is running the ball great. Daniel Jones has more rushing yards than Najee Harris does this season. Najee Harris, who some people thought was going to be the best running back in the NFL this season, a quarterback by the name of Daniel Jones has more rushing yards than you. A quarterback. Not a top-tier quarterback. Not Russell Wilson. Not Lamar Jackson. Daniel Jones. That's awesome right there. Daniel Jones and New York Giants showing out right now. Jets showing out right now, too, but they Brees Hall, their star running back, had a great touchdown early in the game, pretty much propelled them to that victory, their only touchdown in the game, a 67-yard touchdown by Brees Hall. That was all he can do in that game because they ain't towards ACL. But the Jets say, hey, okay, towards ACL, let's make a splash. Let's get James Robinson, who's been pretty good this year, but he's being benched right now for Travis Etienne, which is a good move. For both sides, in my opinion, Jets get a solid running back. Jaguars are going to stick it out with Travis Etienne, who showed so many flashes on Sunday in my eye. Now, Seattle Seahawks are playing. That was a statement win. If you had any doubts that the Seattle Seahawks were for real, you were wrong. Justin Herbert did not do anything against the Seattle defense. Geno Smith showed up. He hasn't run back. He still won't write back. Geno Smith, amazing quarterback. What a game that was on Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs also played pretty great against San Francisco 49ers. They shut down Christian McCaffrey. They made Jimmy Garoppolo play one of the worst games of his life. Chiefs showed out against San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. Let's move to MLB. We have the World Series being set. Philadelphia Phillies went in five games. They couldn't win in four. They won game one. They probably should have won game two. Offensive explosion in game two early on, but then the pitching was pretty bad. Game three played amazing. Game four was amazing. And game five, Bryce Harper Legacy home run. That's what we get paid $330 million for. Bryce Harper shows up when it matters the most. You can say that at any time. But this is when it really mattered the most. A game-winning home run to send your team to the World Series. That's what they pay him for. Bryce Harper, amazing stuff. Houston Astros just shut down that Yankees team. Pitching, offense, great performance, domination by the Houston Astros. You're going to see my World Series prediction later on in the episode. That's about for my headlines this week. Now, Squared Sports NFL Game Day, the games of the week. So I'll pay to it. Ravens versus Buccaneers. If I told you at the beginning of the season, this sounds like a top three matchup in the NFL. But neither of these teams have a winning record. I think the Ravens win this one. I think they blow the Buccaneers out in this one. Giving the Ravens 41-17 over the Buccaneers. Ravens shut down Nick Chubb last week. I expect him to shut down this Buccaneers running offense. Laird Fournette, a couple other guys in there. I expect the Ravens to win this one. Get Mark Andrews involved. Zero catches last week. Get Mark Andrews involved. You win this one. Ravens over the Buccaneers. Broncos versus Jaguars. 
This is an interesting game, in my opinion. Trevor Lawrence has balled out. He's played pretty well. Travis Etienne showed so many flashes last week. Their defense is pretty good, but they made some mistakes down the way. Travis Etienne fumbled in the end zone. If you guess that touchdown, you win that game. Broncos obviously could have won that game. Russell Wilson's that quarterback. I don't even know if they could have won that game with Russell Wilson, that quarterback. Brett Ripien did the same as Russell Wilson has done all season long. Absolutely nothing. Nine points. That's it. Three and outs. I think Nathaniel Hackett loses this game. And I think Nathaniel Hackett gets his seat hotter than ever. He's boiling up right now. Nathaniel Hackett may not last much longer in Denver. This seems like a Freddie Kitchens type of hire to me right now. Freddie Kitchens had an awesome season in 2018 as the Browns offensive coordinator. So they said, hey, let's make him our head coach. Well, in 2019, that decision proved to be terrible. Packers, Nathaniel Hackett was pretty good with them last year. They said, hey, let's bring him over to Denver instead of Kevin O'Connell, who's been amazing for the Vikings. And so let's hire Nathaniel Hackett instead. Nathaniel Hackett has been terrible, and he loses this one. Jimmy, Jaguars over the Broncos. Travis Etienne runs all over this Broncos defense. Cardinals versus Vikings. Give me the Vikings in this one. Cardinals obviously put up so many points last week, but only 28 points by the offense. No, defense wasn't that great. You know, you got lucky with those two pick sixes. I got the Vikings this one coming off a of bye week. They're going to be fresh. I think this is a good one for the Vikings. Tough matchup for the Cardinals coming off. A good one last week. Just a tough spot to be put in. I got the Vikings this one over Cardinals. Patriots versus Jets. Patriots have to win this one. They need to find a quarterback. And I don't want to give my quarterback prediction right here because I'll give it on later in the episode. But Patriots versus Jets. I got the Patriots in this one. I think they just have to do it. I don't care who's that quarterback, if it's Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. We're going to talk about it later. Whoever starts this one for the Patriots, I think they contain the game well. Stephens plays well. James Robinson probably won't get that many snaps in this one, so the running game won't be there. Maybe Michael Carter gets a few snaps, but Zach Wilson, when you look at the stats, he's just managed the game. He hasn't really put up so many stats. He's been kind of just controlled by that offensive line, but now Elijah Vera Tucker's out for a while. Bruce Hall, obviously, out for the season. Give me the Patriots over the Jets. Eagles versus Steelers. Now, on paper, it looks like the Eagles are going to demolish the Steelers. But this is something for the Steelers to play for. It's pretty much that state championship, Pennsylvania on Pennsylvania. I think it's closer than you think if I got the Eagles to win this one. Maybe in like overtime or something crazy like that. Give me the Eagles over the Steelers in overtime. Commanders versus Colts. I like the Colts in this one. Now, if I told you at the beginning of the season, this matchup wouldn't be Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. It would be Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. That'd be kind of crazy. But it is Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. I'm very interested to see how Sam Ellinger does. But I think they won this one. Sam Ellinger, I think you get that first start. You're very excited like Bailey Zappi was in that first start. Played pretty well against the Packers. So I got the Colts in this one. They run the ball well. John Taylor, Sam Ellinger, he's got some wheels. He's pretty mobile. At least more mobile than Taylor Heineke. Even though Taylor Heineke's got some wheels on too. But yeah, on the road, I don't think the Commanders win this one. Give me the Colts over. Commanders. Packers versus Bills. This is a matchup where Aaron Rodgers is a 10.5 point underdog. This is a matchup where you see the Packers win this game out of nowhere. I don't think that happens in Buffalo. Give me the Bills over Packers. I think this is the first time Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers have faced off. Josh Allen's an amazing quarterback. Stephon Diggs, awesome wide receiver. They're coming off a of bye week like the Vikings. They're going to be refreshed. Give me the Bills over Packers in this one. 49ers versus Rams. 49ers shut down the Rams last time they played. This is in SoFi, even though there's going to be more 49ers fans than Rams fans. I still think the Rams win this one in SoFi. That'd be hard to see. Kyle Shanahan go 2-0 again against Sean McVay. He went 2-0 against him last year in the regular season. Can he do it again this year? We're just going to have to wait and see. But I got the Rams win this one over the 49ers. Giants versus Seahawks. This is the only matchup where both teams have a winning record. It's in Seattle. It's a tough matchup for my New York Giants. This Seahawks defense, they can't contain the run as well 
as many our teams do. Austin Eckler, I know he didn't have a great performance last week, but I think Saquon Barkley breaks out in this one. Daniel Jones runs the ball pretty well in this one. You know, you see some holes in the Seahawks defense. They lost to Jimmy Garoppolo and San Francisco 49ers early on the season. So I get the Giants winning this one over Seattle Seahawks, moving to 7-1. Last game, Bengals versus Browns, Monday Night Football. I think Nick Chubb doesn't have a good game in this one. The league has Jacoby Brissett figured out. You can have Jacoby Brissett start four games for you and he'll go two and two. If you need him to start 10 games for you, then you're in trouble. That's why you're in trouble right now. That's why you only have two wins in this season. Give me the Bengals crushing the Browns this one. Joe Burrow, another amazing game. They're getting things going. AFC champs getting things going right now. Give me the Bengals over the Browns. That's about for Squared Sports Game Day. Leave your thoughts in the comments. It's time to scream at everybody. It's school yard sports scream. This week's squirt sports scream recipient is the New York Yankees. Let's hop into it. Yankees start the season 70 and 25. Josh Donaldson's hitting the ball great. Aaron Judge off to an amazing season, which he already had. Nestor Cortez looking like a Cy Young. Garrett Cole, an all star. Luis Severino, he's getting healthy. This team's getting me amazing. IKF hitting the ball well. But then they fizzle out. Then they almost lose the division. Then they lose the best record in MLB to the Mets, to the Braves, to the Dodgers, to the Astros, a few more teams. That's the interesting thing to me right there. What happened? Why did they collapse so terribly? Here's why. Josh Johnson, guys like this, he'd have an amazing start to the season, but then wear and tear comes into place. Then he doesn't play well. You have Michael King, one of the best relievers in MLB. Then he tears his elbow out for the season. You have Clay Holmes, maybe the best closer in MLB. He fizzles out. You have Lonnie Peralta out of the bullpen. He doesn't pitch well. You have the Rallis Chapman issues. He doesn't even make your playoff roster. You have DJ LeMahieu banged up. You have all these guys banged up. You have Glaber Torres having a breakout season. But still, they weren't sustained success. There wasn't enough sustained success in the locker room. And I think that all points to the manager, Aaron Boone. Now, should Aaron Boone be fired? That's the question of the day. Should Aaron Boone be fired? As of right now, I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe if Aaron Boone gets fired, Aaron Judge says, hey, screw the Yankees, I'm gone. But if they keep Aaron Boone, maybe Aaron Judge wants to stay. Garrett Cole, this season, did not look like a $300 million pitcher. He didn't look like a $300 million pitcher at one time this season. He didn't have one complete. He didn't have one no-hitter, no perfect game. He came close to a no-hitter against the Rays, but couldn't do it. All summer, all spring, this was an amazing team. And then when they got to August, when they got to that Mets series, that's when they got terrible. When they got swept by the Mets at City Field. That's what struggled them when they had those terrible series against Cardinals. When they had to give up Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader, the only bright spot of that ALCS, in my opinion, for the New York Yankees. But that was a risky move. You didn't need to give up a starting pitcher in Jordan Montgomery because he had one bad start against the New York Mets. You didn't need to do that. Your starting pitching got worse and worse. Your pitching got worse and worse because Michael King, because Clay Holmes, because Rouse Chapman. Tough stuff right here by the New York Yankees. Who should be fired? Because someone's got to be fired. I don't care who it is. Someone's got to be held responsible. What happens to the New York Yankees this season? That's the question. Leave your answers in the comment section. That's my Squirt Sports Scream on New York Yankees. All right, we're gearing up for the Fall Classic. Coming here on Friday night, Astros versus Phillies. We're kicking this thing off in Houston. But here's my top five World Series hot takes. Let's do it. Number five, 
the series goes to six games. That means one team wins four games, one team wins two games. I'm not going to say which team wins it yet. That'll be number one. But the series, pretty well-rounded. It goes to six games. Number four, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler both get beat up in their starts. I think Zach Wheeler gets pushed around by Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Jeremy Pena, and Aaron Nola. The same. Aaron Nola didn't have the best start against the Padres. I think they lost that game, actually. That was the game they lost to the Padres. Zach Blue had a good start, but I don't know how to sustain that game against this Astros offense. So that's number four. Number three, Jose Altuve's woes will continue. He started out the playoffs 0 for 22. That's the worst ever. I think those woes continue. I think he's a bad World Series. Jose Altuve, bad World Series, number three. Number two, Jordan Alvarez ties George Springer's record of home runs in the World Series. George Springer hit five home runs in that 2017 World Series. And then Jordan Alvarez matches that with exactly five. Five home runs in six games for Jordan Alvarez. And he wins the World Series MVP. Meaning, obviously, the Houston Astros win the World Series in my eyes. I see this playing out as a 2015 New York Mets versus Kansas City Royals World Series. Royals were deeper at every spot. But the Mets could hit well. They were on fire right then. The pitching was good. The pitching fizzled out. The hitting didn't match the Royals hitting. That's what it's going to be like. Astros, they're hitting. Matches the Phillies hitting, and their pitching, even though they're underrated, does better than Phillies pitching in my eyes. That's my five World Series hot takes. Leave a thoughts in the comment section. Now, did you know, this week's day knows, did you know, through seven games, Blake Corm has less carries, more yards, and more touchdowns than Derrick Henry did his first seven games of his Heisman winning season. So that's less carries, more yards, more touchdowns than Derrick Henry did in his Heisman season. That has me excited. That has me thinking. Blake Horm wins the Heisman. In my hot takes on the Squirt Sports Instagram midseason hot takes, I said Blake Horm wins the Heisman. And I think he does. Blake Horm wins the Heisman in my eyes. Did you know that? Leave that in the comments section. That's about for Did You Know this week. What lane would I take? And this week's what lane would I take is Patriots quarterback controversy. Bailey Zappe or Matt Jones? I want to bring this thing back to college. Bailey Zappe in college. Most touchdowns and most yards ever in a college football season. Topping Joe Burrow. Matt Jones won national championship and he was the Heisman finalist. That's tough stuff right there. That's amazing stuff, but which quarterback has a better college football season. Mac Jones in his Heisman National Championship winning season, or Bailey Zappe in a touchdown yard season most ever. I think there's a valid debate right there. I would agree with you if you said Bat Bailey, and I would agree with you if you said Mac Jones. It's just tough right there. But we're talking about the NFL right now. Who would I pick to be Patriots starting quarterback? You say, stick with the hot hands, stick with Bailey. Now I might just agree with you on that. But you could also say, Mac Jones had an amazing season for you guys last season. But how many times did Mac Jones pass for 300 yards last season? Not a lot of times. Remember that game in Buffalo? They didn't even trust him to throw more than three passes. That's what I think. Bailey should be the starting quarterback for New England Patriots in my eyes. You go with the hot hand. If Mac Jones plays in that Lions game, I don't think you win 29-0. If Mac Jones plays in that Packers game, I don't think you go to overtime. If Mac Jones plays in that Browns game, I don't think you kill them. I don't even think you win that game. So that's why Bailey Zappe, in my opinion, is the starting quarterback for New England Patriots. Yes, Mac Jones deserved a fair shot on Monday night, and he did not get a fair shot. He only got two drives 
and didn't do much in those two drives. But Bailey Zappi started out two drives, got two touchdowns, and then couldn't do anything after that. So it could be another way. Mac Jones could have had two really bad drives and then done a lot after that. But you just never know. You got to stick with the hot hand. You got to stick with the guy who I think the players like more right now, Bailey Zappi. I think a lot of confidence was lost in Mac Jones last year when they lost that playoff game to the Bills. A lot of people were saying, oh, it's just a rookie. He'll be fine. But I think deep down, a lot of people knew there's not a lot getting better than this if you're Mac Jones and New England Patriots. There's not a lot getting better. Who knows? Maybe it could be the next Drew Bledsoe. Maybe it could be the next Tom Brady. We'll just have to wait and see. That was about for the lane. I would take New England Patriots. Go Bailey. I'm Team Bailey. Give me New England Patriots. Taking Bailey Zappe as a starting quarterback. That's the lane I would take. Now, college football showcase, I reply. You know how we roll for college football showcase? I give you my top 25, then I give you my hot takes, and then I give you the pick for the game of the week. Let's hop into it. Top 25, let's do it. Number one, Ohio State Buckeyes. Number two, Michigan Wolverines go blue. Number three, Georgia Bulldogs. Number four, Tennessee. Number five, Clemson. Great when you get Syracuse on Saturday. Come from behind. Number six, Alabama. Number seven, TCU. Come from behind victory against Kansas State. Number eight, Oregon. Looked like the best team in the country last week. Played like the best team in the country last week. Number nine, USC. Number 10, UCLA. Go Bruins. Number 11, Penn State. Number 12, Ole Miss. Tough loss to LSU. Number 13, Oklahoma State. Number 14, North Carolina. Number 15, Syracuse. Number 16, Wake Forest. Number 17, Illinois. Number 18, Kentucky. Go Wildcats. Big matchup against Tennessee this week in Tennessee. Number 19, Utah. Number 20, LSU. Tigers. Maybe a chance to make the SEC title again. We're going to talk about that later. Number 21, Tulane. 22, Cincinnati. Go Bearcats. Number 23, Kansas State. 24, South Carolina. And number 25, Washington. Let's break it down. 25, Washington. Michael Panks Jr. Two losses on the season. They're playing well right now. 25, Washington. Number 24, South Carolina. Four straight wins for Shane Beamer and co. They've been playing great. South Carolina, number 24. 23, Kansas State. If Will Howard doesn't get hurt in that game, you win that game. If Adrian Martinez doesn't get hurt in that game, you win that game. You're up 28 to 10. And then both of your quarterbacks get hurt. So now you're down to a third-string quarterback up 28 to 10. You're not going to win that game in any way. TCU, every single win you could say that they've had this season, every single big win, they've injured the opposing team's quarterback. First big win against Kansas. Jalen Daniels tears his shoulder after the rest of the season. Next game, Oklahoma State. You sprain Spencer Sanders' legs. He can't really run much more after that. That's why they blow the lead. And now this week, Against Kansas State, you knock out Adrian Martinez and you knock out Will Howard. You're down to a third-string quarterback. I'm not saying TCU is injuring these quarterbacks on purpose. Just saying, how validated are these TCU wins in my eyes? Kansas State, though, still a good team. Two losses. Kansas State, number 23. Tulane, number 21, looking like the best group of five team in my eyes right now. You know, they beat Kansas State early on in the season. They're playing pretty well. Tulane, number 21. LSU, number 20. Here's an interesting thing right here. They have two losses on the season. One out of conference. One in conference to Tennessee. You realize, if they went out, they beat Alabama, and they win the rest of their games, which is doable, they're in the SEC championship game. And then that conversation starts. Can they be the first two-loss team to make the college ball playoff? Never know. Jalen Daniels balling right now. Four. LSU, Jaden Daniels playing really, really well right now. Running the ball well, throwing the ball well. Not many interceptions. Brian Kelly's got his guys going right now. Number 20, LSU. 19, Utah, just moving up the ranks after great winning against USC two weeks ago. Moving up the ranks, number 19, Utah. Number 17, Illinois, coming off a of bye week. They got some important games going ahead against Nebraska this week, Michigan later on the season. Number 17, Illinois. 
14, North Carolina. Drake May is looking like the best quarterback in the ACC. No doubt about it. North Carolina, number 14. Penn State, number 11. Big matchup against Ohio State this week. We're going to pick that later. So Penn State, number 11. They can get the ground game going. They had a great win in their whiteout. It's Minnesota on Saturday night. Number 9, USC, bye week. Not much to talk about here. Oregon, number 8. Bo Nix was not Bo Picks. I guess that he would be. Bo Nix was playing amazing. That's the best game Bo Nix called football career. Bo Nix, to me, is looking like a 2018 Shea Patterson to that Ohio State game. Shea Patterson, you know, he'd control the game well, but he could also throw the ball well when you wanted him to. Like that 2019 game against Michigan State. Like that 2019 game against Indiana. Like that 2018 game against Penn State and Wisconsin. That's how Bo Nix is playing right now. At a high-tier level, Bo Nix and Oregon number 8. Number 6, Alabama. Big win against Mississippi State. That's a statement win. Clemson number 5. We don't know. We don't know about this Clemson team right now. It's interesting to me because Cade Klubnik had to come in relief for DJ Wangalite. If you just say, oh, yeah, we need to put in our true freshman in, in for... DJ Wangale, but he's still our quarterback, DJ Wangale. But you have to pull him just to win against Syracuse. You're down 21 to 10. And then you put in Cade Klubnik, and then the whole game shifts. Then you win that game. But if you probably keep DJ Wangale in that game, you probably lose that game. Interesting stuff right there. Maybe he got bailed out by the refs a little bit there. Clemson, five. Number three, Georgia. I mean, just playing well right now. Coming off a of bye week, they got a big game against Florida this week. But the big game. Next week against Tennessee in Athens, Georgia. That's what I'm excited for. Michigan, number two, bye week. Ohio State, number one. Got off to a shaky start against Iowa, then tore things up. That's my top 25. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. So now we usually start out the second part of College Boss Showcase with my game of the week, hot takes, and then my prediction for the game of the week. We're going to switch it up a little bit this week. I'm still going to give my Game of the Week hot takes and my Game of the Week prediction. But before that, I want to give my mid-season college ball hot takes. I think we're pretty much, we know how teams are going to be so far through the season. We've seen enough on where to put them. We know the frauds from the other teams. Texas, obviously, separates the fraud. But here's my mid-season college ball hot takes. Let's up into it. My first hot take that I've seen so far through the season is Onyx. He's the best quarterback in the Pac-12 right now. He's playing better than Caleb Williams. He's playing better than Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Now, that game very well could have been UCLA if a couple things don't go Oregon's way. If they don't get that onside kick, if Dorian Thompson-Robinson gets more drives, maybe UCLA wins that game. But Oregon's defense showed up. Bo Nix played the game of his career. They ran the ball well, Oregon. Bo Nix looking like a contender for the Heisman. Every year we say Bo Nix, dark horse for the Heisman. This year, he's a contender. He could get an invite. To New York. I'm not saying Bo Nix is more talented than Caleb Williams or Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm saying from his play in college football this season, Bo Nix has been better. Next one, Tennessee won't make the college football playoff. All because of their defense. I think they lose that game in Athens as of right now next week. That doesn't make them into the SC championship game. Maybe they lose one more down the way. Maybe they lose this week to Kentucky. I really don't know. That's going to be in the hot takes. Something with that game. You're just going to have to wait and see. But Tennessee, their defense concerns me a little bit. 24 points to UT Martin. 27 points to Pitt. A very bad Pitt team. You give up 50 points to Alabama. You don't know right now with Tennessee's defense. That's why I don't think they make the college ball playoff. Next hot take, I already talked about in the top 25. LSU has a chance to make the college ball playoff. They have a chance to be the first two-loss team to make college ball playoff. Week one, miss an extra point. You lose to Florida State. Okay, you lose to Tennessee. You think your season's over. You think everything's done. But not so fast. You win a couple games. You go into against Alabama next week in Baton Rouge. 
against Alabama in Baton Rouge. It's a tough environment. It's a night game on CBS. If you win that game, you're cruising through the rest of your schedule. Because easy sailing from there. Yeah, Texas A&M, that's an easy win. Got a couple other teams in there that you should win against. Vanderbilt, that's an easy win. Come on. LSU, in my eyes, makes the SEC championship game and has a shot at being a two-loss team. If they can beat Alabama, which is very tough to do, but we've seen Tennessee do it. We've seen stranger things happen in Baton Rouge before. This LSU team, if they played like they did last Saturday, they have a shot to be the first two-loss college ball playoff team because then they make the SEC championship game against Georgia, Tennessee, whoever it might be. You win that game, then the talk starts. Are we making the college ball playoff? That's my hot take with LSU right there. Next one, UCLA wins out and Oregon and UCLA are two best teams in the Pac-12. And they meet up in Pac-12 championship game. I think UCLA beats USC. I think they win all the games they're scheduled because Jacques Charbonnet can run the ball well. Dorian Thompson-Romsey can run the ball well. They can throw the ball well. Jake Bobo, great receiver. The defense worries me a little bit. But if you can win all those games and you meet Oregon again, that's going to be an awesome matchup in my eyes. That's what I think. We have a rematch in Pac-12 championship game between UCLA and Oregon. UCLA wins out for the rest of the season. Next one, Notre Dame. The storied program. They miss a bowl game this year. For the first time, since 2016, when they had Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback. Remember that guy? So I think they missed the bowl game this year. They're 4-4 right now. They need two more wins to get bowl eligibility. They have four games left, obviously. They have Navy. They're going to win that one. They have Boston College. I think they lose that one. That brings them to 5-5. Five and five. Then you have a game against USC. I think you obviously lose that one. And you have your game this week against Syracuse. So I think you obviously lose to USC and Syracuse. That brings you to 4-6. and six. You win against Navy, 5-6. and six. Now, the game at the end. Boston College and Notre Dame. I know it's before that USC game, but this might decide your bullet ability in Notre Dame. I think you lose to Boston College. I think Phil Jerkovic gets his revenge. Phil Jerkovic was the quarterback in Notre Dame. And they said, let's take Jack Cohn over Phil Jerkovic as our quarterback for the next year after Ian Book leaves. Phil Jerkovic obviously was disrespected by that. So then he goes to Boston College. He tears things up. Last season, had a good season. Broke his wrist, but still played well up until then. This season, they haven't been on track. But I think they can win that game against Notre Dame. Send Notre Dame to 5-7. and seven. Not in bowl eligibility in my eyes. Notre Dame doesn't make a bowl game the first time since 2016. Marcus Freeman gets in the hot seat. And the last one, Blake Corm wins the Heisman there by Irish State of the Facts and Did You Know. That's about my midseason college ball hot takes. Now let's hop into my Game of the Week hot takes. Week 9 audition. First one, Michigan Brings Paul Bunyan home. Back to Ann Arbor. Jim Harbaugh does it. He beats Mel Tucker for the first time in his career. Who this got me fired up right here. I'm going to that game on Saturday under the lights. It's going to be a blue out. Is Michigan going to show up in their all amazing uniforms? Doesn't matter. I want Michigan to win this one. I need Michigan to win this one. They will win this one. Mozzie Smith, the moving refrigerator, destroys Michigan State in this one. J.J. McCarthy tears them up. Mel Tucker says, I'm not a good football coach. You're dang right you're not a good football coach. You lose this one in blowout fashion to my Michigan Wolverines bringing Paul Bunyan home for the first time since 2019. Jim Harbaugh gets his first win over Mel Tucker. Next thought take, Penn State and Ohio State battle it out in Happy Valley. I wish this was Penn State's whiteout game, but that was last week against Minnesota. This is a noon kickoff. You got Gus Johnson. You got big noon going there. But uh, I think Penn State, they play really well in this one. You want to know why? Ohio State lost to Michigan last year. And they almost lost to Penn State last year. That game was 33-24 to against Penn State last year. This is an improved Penn State team. They play a lot like Michigan. 
They can run the ball like Michigan. They can't throw the ball like Michigan, but maybe if Drew Aller plays, which I don't think he will. Sean Clifford's experienced. He can play well against Ohio State. If you can control the game well against Ohio State, you have a shot in this one. Not saying you're going to win, but you're going to cover the spread. It's 15.5 right now. That's a lot of points. Penn State covers the spread against Ohio State, plus 15.5. Next one. Nebraska ends the storybook season for Illinois. Illinois can still make the Big Ten championship game. Any hopes of a college ball playoff, anything like that, goes to die right here. Trey Palmer, Casey Thompson, end Illinois' hopes. Nebraska beats Illinois. Florida in Jacksonville against Georgia. I mean, neutral site game. It's going to be an interesting one right here. Stetson Bennett played awesome in it last year. Andy Richardson, this was his first start last season. He threw two big sixes. I think Florida hangs tight with Georgia in this one. Florida... Lost to LSU, you know, a couple tough games in there since that Utah game, but if they could play like they did in that Utah game, if they could play like they did in that Tennessee game where the offense was just amazing, you got a chance in this one. Florida hangs with Georgia. Maybe one possession game at the end of it. Florida hangs with Georgia in this one. Next one, Kansas State wins the Big 12 showdown against Oklahoma State. Kansas State improves to 6-2 and two on the season. Next one, Will Levis goes off against Tennessee, but not enough to win the game. I think he hangs 30-plus on this Tennessee defense that I don't think is so good. But I think Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, we see how they play. But I think Kentucky's going to see something right here. I think you're going to see, hmm, this Tennessee team almost lost to Pitt in Week 2. A Pitt team that's atrocious right now. A Pitt team that probably would have won that game if Keen Slovis played the whole game, but no, he had a broken figure. That changes Tennessee's season to my eyes. But Kentucky, if they can play like Pitt did that week, if they can play well enough, if they can hang 30-plus on Tennessee, you might just have a shot in this rivalry game. It's going to be an interesting game. Closer than you think. High-scoring game. Give me Tennessee, though. Will Levis, career game my eyes. Not enough to be Tennessee, though. That's about for my college football hot takes, my six hot takes for the week. Now, for the game of the week. This week's game of the week is Penn State versus Ohio State. I already said Ohio State is not going to cover against Penn State, but are they going to win against Penn State even? Last year, if Ohio State and Penn State played, and if it was in Happy Valley, a night game in Happy Valley, white out, Penn State wins that game. I think they do. But this year, it's in Happy Valley. Last year wasn't. They won by nine points, Ohio State. They really didn't control the game all that well. They got a defense touchdown that kind of saved them at the end. But it was a really close game up until the last three minutes of the game. You got a missed field goal by Penn State. They could have made a one-possession game, but it didn't. So really close in the score seemed Ohio State versus Penn State. If Penn State can play like they did in the past with Nick Singleton run the ball, they can play like they did against Auburn, I think they can win this game. It can be close. I got Ohio State winning this one still. Give me Ohio State 31 to 24. Marvin Harrison Jr. is giving me the X Factor in this one. There's no stopping Marvin Harrison Jr., but there is stopping Jackson Smith and Jake Ball. There is stopping CJ Stroud, just like what Michigan did last year with that defensive line. PJ Mustafer, Nick Singleton, Sean Clifford. Those are the guys to look out for in this one if they want any shot being Ohio State. I don't think they do, though. Give me the buckets over Penn State and Indian Lions. That's about the College Bowl Showcase this week. Leave your thoughts and comments. Now, the best last question of the day. This week's question of the day is, who is the best team in college football? We're one week away from the college ball playoff rankings being revealed. We've seen a lot of chaos happen in the past with these college ball playoff rankings from the first time they ever came out, Mississippi State being ranked number one. Three SEC teams being in that top four. And then 2016, we had Texas A&M being there at number four over Washington team. A Texas A&M team that was ranked like number eight in AP poll. They were number four, college ball playoff rankings. You have 2019, where Ohio State dropped from number four in AP poll to number one, college ball playoff rankings. 
So it's just going to be interesting to see. How does the college ball playoff committee rank these college ball teams? They have Michigan number one. They have Ohio State number one. We're just going to have to wait and see. That's about my question today this week. Who's the best team in college football? Your eyes. Leave your answer in the comment section. That's about for Squirt Sports and Lane Frank, episode 97. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squirt Sports to Instagram at Squirt Sports. Follow Squirt Sports on Twitter at Squirt Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, view the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 98. Stay tuned.